Good morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, and good morning to those in the world that are not of Christ. Yesterday I was reading <clears throat> from Scripture about Jesus. And, sorry, no, it wasn't from Scripture, it's from YouTube. And it's from a guy called Derek Prince, I've mentioned him before, fantastic Bible teacher. Old school, straight to the point, doesn't sugarcoat anything, highly educated, a professor of professors in education. He died in 2002, but it's called Derek Prince Ministries. But his teachings still stand today. They're amazing. And what one of the things he said was that Jesus died of rejection. And he did on the cross. Jesus died of what they call a broken heart. Because when Jesus was stabbed from the side, water and blood came out. And it's basically a condition that when you basically, your heart is under extreme stress, you can die of a heart attack, and that's basically what he died of. He died of rejection. And when I read that, you know, I've got a picture of a scenario with Jesus going on, which I've mentioned before. And you don't see his face, because I'll never have that. It's an abomination to have a face of Jesus. But when you look at that, and you look at what he did on the cross, it's powerful, you know, and... When you look at that scenario inside there of Jesus, you're sorry, I'm just meditating. Something's just come to me. That scenario of Jesus on the cross, he is, and the picture that I've got, he's not on the cross. I can't see his face. I reject and I despite this. I reject and despise and people have him on the cross like the Catholics or people have pictures of him or what he may or may not have looked like. But in, in the Ten Commandments it makes very clear you're not, you shall not make any idols or any, or any graven images of me. And that's of clearly the Catholics didn't listen to that. Um, clearly didn't see the big picture but there you go. That's what pagans do. So... <clears throat> This picture is telling you what's going on in this scenario. And I can't really find a name for it because I just typed it in one Google many years ago and this picture came up and I've loved it ever since. But it's basically, as a, as a man standing there, obviously it's Jesus on the left. He's got thorns around his head. He's got his hands behind his back. No, sorry, his hands are in... Is it front or back? I can't see. Hang on, two seconds. So he's standing there basically in front of a massive crowd he's got his hands behind his back obviously chained up he's obviously it just looks like he's been beaten he's got Pontius Pilate on the right with his hand out to his left hand out to Jesus looking at the people it's like saying look what do you want me to do with him and obviously all the people are cheering on kill him kill him kill him and this is this is a man who was beautiful to the people a man that was perfect a man that was the perfect specimen of a human being, but God who had become flesh, God who walked amongst men to heal men and, and to cure men. And he was rejected. He was betrayed. And I felt that as a man in the world being betrayed and rejected. It's the most horrible thing and it can kill somebody. And I don't think people realise what Jesus actually went through. What he actually went through on that cross. 
the reason why the night before in the Garden of Gethsemane, the reason why he did not want to go ahead with it was not because of being crucified physically. He wasn't bothered about the pain. He mentions that in Luke. But he didn't want to be eternally separated from the Father. For them three hours between 12 and 3, he was eternally separated. This is why he died of a heart attack, because the Father left him for the first time in eternity. The Father and the Spirit had left, completely gone. He, had, he died of a broken heart. It's like, basically, to go and picture your mind, it's like being part of an elite marine unit that I was once part of. In the world, by the way. It's not important now. And it's like, you're a band of brothers, and you are, trust me, when you're trained to that sort of high level, you're not, like, normal levels are like basic army soldiers, but... You know, like for the British Army, the Royal Marines and the Parachute Regiment are the sort of the elite in a, in a soldiering unit. And then you've got the ones above that. You've got the SBS, which is Special Boat Service Royal Marines, and then SAS, which is part of the army. They're like the elite. They're special forces. I wasn't part of that. I was just basically a frontline, top of the range soldier, you could say. In America, you've got the basic army, but then you've got army rangers and then you've got the SEALs. I, don't, I can't remember which ones are what. But basically, the Rangers are looked upon a little bit more higher than the Army because of their qualities. And then the SEALs are above that. So what I'm trying to get at is you're part of a band of brothers that you are a tight unit. And you would die for one another. And it's like one of you being left in the middle of the enemy and betrayed by your brothers. You would feel so bad. You would feel betrayed, rejected. You would feel like you're not worth anything. And I felt that. And it's horrible. I felt that the day I was born, my mother didn't want to know me, and I'll be straight with you, I've got nothing to hide. When I was born, my mum didn't want to know, my dad didn't want to know, but the Lord showed me through a vision that he sent my nan in. The best thing that could have ever happened to me in this world was my Irish mother, my nan, my Irish nan, my biological mother's English, but my her mother was Irish. And I praise the Lord for him sending in an Irish woman because the Irish are strong, well, they used to be anyway. They're strong, different breed to most people in the world. You know, I'll be honest, my Irish mother had no time for the English. She's they're very weak people, very um, two-faced, dishonorable bunch. And she never wanted me to join the military for the obvious reasons, because of what England had done to the Irish for hundreds of years. Uh, the Wicked. The English were wicked to the Irish. Like they were. The English were wicked to a lot of nations around the world. Um, and what made you sad is that Ireland at the time was a, was a Christian. And England was so-called Christian. And that's how the English treat their own. So, and when they don't get what they want. But look at Queen Victoria. She was the one in charge at the time. She was wicked. What does the Bible say when a woman's in charge of a nation? Well, it's not a blessing. It's a curse. And it says that in the Old Testament. It says that in the book of Proverbs. That it's a curse when a woman's in charge of a household. It's a curse when a woman's in charge of a nation. That this country is going to reap what it sows. Trust me. I mentioned that previously on this country being judged. But before I veer off the subject, anyway, so I felt rejection when my mother was born, when I was born out of my mother, my biological mother. The honour and the glory goes to my nan and my granddad. My nan did all the work from the day I was born all the way to sixteen. She was my mother. My grandfather was my father. If I see my biological mother or my father, if I ever see him again, which I don't think I will, but my biological mother, I still give her respect. I won't treat her with any disrespect. And I preach to her and I tell, I warn her and because she's very, very lost in the world. She's heavily involved with the Catholic Church. And as we know, the Catholic Church has a lot to answer. Um, they're far from Christian. 
there are Christians within the church that are lost amongst the rubbish, and God has told me that. Um, but the church itself is in a lot of error. And if you ever meet a Catholic that says, well, you have to be a Catholic to be a Christian, well, that's a complete lie. That's a lie of the devil. Because I said, well, where does it say that in Scripture? The whole Bible, uh, the, the Old Testament is made in Hebrew, Jewish, and the New Testament was in Greek. Right, and the uh, the Catholics are Latin. Were Latin in them days, so they weren't even Greek. So there you go. I could go on and on and on, but that's for another time. Rejection is the worst thing you can experience, and I've experienced it on several occasions. I never experienced it in the forces, but people in civil street in normal life they are cowards. And the book of Revelations twenty one, uh, I think it's twenty one verse eight talks about cowards and they will not enter the gates of the kingdom of god they will not enter right i guarantee you this out there you're going to meet hundreds of false cowardice christians these people live in sin these people may look good on the outside but on the inside they're wicked the bible says they're like a broad bunch of vipers they're reverendous wolves they don't mean a word that's what they're saying. Jesus felt it when he was in the synagogue when he says, your, heart, your lips honor me, but your hearts are far from me. Right? In other words, they didn't mean a thing they were saying to him. They just hated him. Filthy, wicked people. And you're going to meet hundreds of people that walk and say they're Christians, but how will you know? By testing their fruit. How does one know the difference between another? Well, the Bible makes it clear. You will know them by their fruit. Jesus said you will know them by their fruit. A good tree bears good fruit, a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good doesn't bear bad, and a bad doesn't bear good. So how do you know? Well, you're simple. You, what, you, add, you don't judge them, in a sense, but you observe them, right? You'll be around them, observe them. How do they talk to you? How do they welcome people? How do they treat people? How do they talk? How do they react to hostile situations? Do they put Jesus first in everything? These things the Spirit will show you. As you walk with the Lord. Trust me. Not everyone is a Christian. Many will come, Jesus said, call in my name. And on that day of judgment, he'll say, I don't know you. This is in the book of Matthew. He will, Matthew 25, verses 31 to 46. That's the parable of the goats and the sheep. But yes, we can go deep into what that means, the parable of the goat and the sheep. But it has many other meanings. And he will separate the chaff from the wheat. The chaff is what you know looks like wheat. Sorry, the tares from the wheat. You'll separate the tares from the wheat. The chaff is basically all the rubbish that is pulled off the wheat and all around it and binned. Right? That's a massive part of Christianity. But you've got the wheat and the tares. Now, the tares, they look similar to the wheat, but they're the younger version of the wheat. But they're not wheat. So they get uprooted and thrown away. And these are millions of Christians. And I'm not talking thousands. Millions are going to hell because they're weak. They're wicked, sorry. They're, we are all weak and we're not strong unless we've got Jesus. But they're wicked, right? And when the more you walk, the more you listen to the Lord and the more you put him first and he's your teacher, no one else, you're going to see things. And then you're going to have to make a choice. Are you going to be one of these sugar coaters out there that loves everybody apparently, right? That no matter what they do, they should be loved. Yes, in a sense, that's correct. But if they're blatantly blaspheming our lord and it upsets your spirit you've got to make a choice i mean for me it's easy if there's someone 
who is sitting in front of me who claims to be a Christian, who's blatantly blaspheming the Lord, as an evangelist of which I am called, Ephesians 4.11, I will challenge that so-called brother or sister. I will challenge them on what they've said. I'll say, where does it say that in Scripture? And if they don't know, I'll show them Scripture, actually what it says, the opposite of what they've said. That's the whole point of rebuking people if they're in the wrong, because they could be walking down the wrong road. And you as a person, you don't want to see someone burning in hell, do you? No. So that's my job. But you as a Christian will be rejected. You'll be hated. You'll be persecuted. And Jesus said, when you're persecuted, rejoice for your name is written in heaven. So be exceedingly glad. This is the early part of the book of Matthew. I think it's around Matthew 8 somewhere. No, sorry, Matthew 5. Jesus says, be glad when they persecute you because you're doing something good. The enemy doesn't like you. The enemy is going to get people to persecute you because you're being persecuted, because you're doing something for God's kingdom. If you're not getting persecuted and you never get any problems from anyone or anywhere and you're in complete happiness, well, then there's a big problem because you're not walking with the Lord. No, everyone's going to get persecuted. Read the scripture. Everyone in that book, in the Old Testament and the New, got persecuted. Every single Christian. Because you are walking with Jesus. If you're not getting persecuted and hammered, you're not walking with the Lord. You're basically a substitute like the Catholic Church. So many false Catholics, Christians in there. And I meet them. And the majority of people the Lord brings on my path as divine meetings for me to preach the word of God to them are people that are ex-Catholics that hate God. They hate the religious system. And as soon as I tell them that book has got nothing to do with religion, it's all to do with a personal relationship, they completely like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah. Have you ever read the Bible? No. Why? Well, because we were taught it. Well, how do you know the pastor or the priest wasn't telling you lies if you didn't read it? Well, yeah, you've got a point. Right. So go and read it. Go get the New Testament. I recommend the New King James Version. Start the book of Matthew and read it to Revelation. Don't jump books, just read it. And open your heart to the Lord and ask him to show you the truth, and he will. I guarantee it. He already has with people that I've mentioned that to. So, rejection is something that we're all going to go through, but this is what killed Jesus. Not only that he was rejected and killed by his own people, betrayed by people around him i.e. judas imagine just how he felt just imagine that he has a heart he loves all of you he loves people he wants to help people he's come down from the heavens into a body that's in the likeness of sinful flesh he's curing people he's been betrayed left right and center people tend him oh we love you jesus but in their hearts he can see straight into the heart they didn't mean any of it how do you think he felt and there's Christians around here going around with conditions. Oh, well, I don't like this and I don't like that. I don't accept this. I don't accept that. If you don't accept one word in the Bible, you don't accept the whole Bible and you don't accept Jesus. Because Jesus is the word, John 1. Please, guys, seek the Lord with all your heart. You are going to be rejected. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be hated. You're going to be spat at. You're going to be mocked. You're going to be laughed at. This is the walk of a Christian. But the fact is, rejoice when that happens like Jesus says in Matthew. Rejoice, be happy. Because that you are doing the work of what all the prophets and all the saints did before you. You are a kingdom of mine in heaven. You're not a kingdom of this earth. We are not like the earth. We are from it, but we're not of it. We walk differently. Just walk after God. You don't need to feel competition with anyone. You don't prove anything to anyone. You serve the Lord with all your heart, soul and might. His first commandment. And love your neighbour is the second commandment, which holds all the ten laws and the prophets together.
I did a previous top um, sermon on that about we're not under the law, we're under the blood of Jesus. Please listen to that. It's important. Many people out there are deceived. Many people out there are lost little lambs. And my job as an evangelist, I'm called to it. You have to be called to evangelism. You have to be called to be a pastor. You can't just go into it because if you haven't got the characteristics, you're going to fall and stumble, pal. Paul was direct. Barnabas was direct. Jesus was direct. I'm direct. And that means, can you stand in front of a Muslim and tell him he's going to hell if he doesn't repent? Most of you won't do that. But you will have to. Because that's what the Bible is all about. Ephesians 4, 5. One faith, one, one Lord, one God. You think Paul stood there in front of an Arab and said, well, all right, all right, all right. You got a point, you know, yeah. Your God sounds like a good God. It's all right. When you get to heaven, God loves you anyway. You're going to get there. No. Where does it say that? Paul was the sort of guy that would have told him straight, wind your neck in, pal. Right? Repent to Jesus or you're going straight to hell. He was an up-and-coming Pharisee. He knew the Torah law inside and out. And God turned him around, right, to serve the real, true new gospel under Jesus' blood, the new covenant. But he had the Torah behind him to back him up in case anyone tried to get cocky and trip him up. Powerful stuff, powerful stuff. So, just remember what Jesus did on that cross. He was rejected, not only by the people, but by his father. Why his father in the spirit? Because he became sin for the world. Because he became sin for the world and God said in the book of Proverbs I can't remember the scripture but I can find it it says if there was ever a righteous man I will raise him on the third day Jesus was righteous pure and simple from the beginning to the end it's amazing just amazing when you look at that those who believe in him will have eternal life John 3.16 when you believe in Jesus you believe every word that he spoke in the Bible you believe that he is the son of God you believe that he died on the cross you believe that he was buried. You believe that he rose three days later. You believe 40 days later he ascended to heaven. You believe that he's the son of God. You believe that he's God. You believe that whatever he said in the New Testament, you must do. You believe and you trust in him, that you will follow him. That's how you believe for the rest of your life. Any of those you miss out, you don't believe you'll go to hell. This is what it's all about. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that Lord people really grasp what Jesus did on that cross, the rejection that he sustained, the rejection that he endured for us, that he was abandoned. When I think about it, Father, I picture myself being there with Jesus. I would never have left his side. I love him too much. I love him so much with all my heart, and I love you, Father, with all my heart, and I pray that people will see that. They will see, Lord, that, that love is what we need to stay with him, the love that he has for us. I pray in Jesus' name that people reach out to you, Father, understand your word accept your word 100 percent. because if they don't they will perish and go to the lake of fire and i don't want that lord i pray in jesus name that everyone focuses on you jesus that you set the standards that you are the chief commander you are the high priest we do what you do and say in the new testament in matthew mark luke john and acts i pray in jesus name father amen